Hello, everybody. I'm really excited to jump into today's episode because we are doing a juicy Q&A. So I will preface that the sound isn't perfect because this was an Instagram live and the room that I did it in was a little bit echoey. So even though I had my microphone, it didn't take out as much echo as I was hoping. So that being said though, I'm not going to blabble on for too much longer. These questions are so good. So I would highly recommend listening to the whole entire episode. And in case you don't know this, um, I don't know whether it'll be on my Instagram story by now. It might be, it might not be, is that we are doing a little giveaway where if you leave a written review on the podcast, this also applies if, you, if you've already left one. If you've left a review or you leave a review on the podcast, it has to be written. Then we will gift you, or I will gift you, I will gift you a special meditation. And this meditation is really centered around coming back to yourself. I don't have any other meditations like this, so it's not repetitive. It's not just like another similar version of something else. It's actually very different. It's all about coming home to your own energy disconnecting from the outside world and just landing back in your body and feeling balanced again and back in alignment. So everyone's going to want this one. Trust me. When I was doing it, I was like, oh my God, this is so good. I was just channeling it through. Um, So yeah, all you need to do is follow the instructions below in the description and that are also on my Instagram story. You need to send your screenshot to the email I've provided below and uh, we will then send you through that meditation. You need to email us. Please do not DM us. You need to email it to us. And if you have a Samsung phone, Samsung, sorry, Samsung phone, so you don't have Apple iTunes, like you listen to Spotify. I know currently you can't leave written reviews on Spotify, which is kind of a bummer. So what you need to do instead is if you have a Mac and a lot of people have Macs, if you have a Mac, you need to just go into the podcast app on the desktop and scroll down to the bottom on my feminist fuck page and you'll be able to leave a written review there. So you can either leave a written review by scrolling down to the bottom on Apple iTunes and leave a written review. You'll see it there. You'll see um, like a big number and all the other reviews there. And on the right-hand side, you can you click the button that says write a review. The same thing applies on a bigger version on your desktop. So that is how you leave a written review if you do not have an iPhone. All right, let's jump into the episode. Okay. I have, let me just make sure I don't miss any. All right. I'm scrolling down. So I will get to everybody's. I have done a lot of inner work. I now recognize narcissistic men faster and immediately reject them, but I still attract them. Does that ever stop? I feel like we need to stop saying the word attract when you're not attracting them. You're just living your life and you come across them because you live in a big city and there's a higher proportion of them for, there's a higher actual number of them. For example, a couple of things like you, uh, you might be labeling them as that, but they're actually not. Um, you know, I always think like you have to kind of get to know somebody a little bit before you realize they're a narcissist. You have to actually see them in like stressful situations. Um, or you have to kind of put your foot down to them to see how they react to then figure out whether they're a narcissist. And I, I did a, um, I wrote an article on this. I should turn into a podcast about narcissists. Um, and I hate that everybody puts a label on them because you got to be careful about that because, People aren't necessarily like a narcissist, but you, there's like, they have elements of narcissistic behavior, quote unquote, like maybe they're a little bit egotistical or like maybe they're a little bit selfish or whatever it is, or maybe they've gaslit you once, but that doesn't necessarily make them a narcissist. You've just kind of labeled them and pushed them to the side when in reality, they're just a human that needs to learn. So try and just make sure that you're not shoving people into that box straight away, but you're actually giving them a chance and you're like calling them out on their shit maybe in a nice way and seeing whether they're actually going to like show up anyway, if that makes sense. Um, and it also, the other thing I would notice is, is it just your fear that's getting in the way and you're saying they're a narcissist, but they're not like full, um, transparency guys. I literally, in the first couple months of, of dating my boyfriend, I literally said to him, cause everything was just too good to be true. I literally was like one, I can't, we were in Miami or something. And I was like, was it Miami? I don't know. We were in a beach somewhere. And I was like, this is going to come across so weird, but are you a narcissist? And he was like, what the fuck? And then he made, he started to make a joke out of it because he's fuck, he's absolutely not, right? But the only thing that I could pull from it was that he was too good to be true. And he would say all the right things, but then also do the right things. He would say all the right things. He would know what to do. He was like so amazing. And I was like, is this, is he a narcissist? Like, is he going to all of a sudden turn around and stab me in the back? 
Um, and so I'd be aware of, is it like your fear jumping in that's telling you that, but it's not actually the truth, if that makes sense. The other thing also, and I said it in a recent podcast, it might not be live though yet. I said it in a recent podcast where there is, oh, I said it on the last Instagram live as well, where like, you know, part of doing this work is like, there's multiple pieces to build the cake, for example. And one of those pieces is, is the inner work. Another is, another one of like, like mindset, another, another piece is somatic. And one of the other pieces is um, having the education and the exact things to do for yourself, right, in the way that you act and the boundaries that you set with yourself and then holding yourself accountable and everything that a lot of people miss out on. So like when it comes to dating, they do the inner work, but then they don't actually know how to relate in those situations to then get the best outcome. And so you need that kind of education piece and what to do that a lot, a lot of the time people can kind of miss that, if that makes sense, especially when it comes to dating, because you are literally dating somebody with the opposite brain. Like the amount of times my boyfriend and I are having two different conversations and we just look at each other and we, we go, you know what, don't worry about it because we literally cannot understand each other. And we've just learned to embrace it. But a lot of people could slap a label on that. He doesn't listen to me. He's a narcissist. He's this, where I'm like, no, he's actually a man and you're a woman. And that is called life. Um, okay. Next question. Text Republic. Hello. Okay. Okay. What I mean is tips from going from doing, chasing, achieving to receiving. Yes. Okay. Nature is such a good one to go into receivership laying in the sun. I love like breaking up my day by literally going outside and just standing there in the sun. Even if it's, even if it's literally for a minute, I'll just stand there in the sun and feel the sun penetrating my skin and soaking into my skin. And that's like receivership. Um, another one is like prioritizing time for yourself, whether it's being alone, whether it is just sitting and watching a movie and like receiving the movie, for example. But when it comes to the actual, like going from doing, chasing, achieving, so going from that kind of energy to then receiving, you need to have transition time. So a lot of men have transition time from work to home because they'll work at an office and obviously some women do too, but a lot of us work at home now. So we'd have this transition time when you go from work and then you like you go from the office, sorry, to then coming home. And in that time that you've traveled, that actually has been your transition time. So by the time you come home, you are in your feminine, or if you're a man, you're in your masculine again, you're ready to show up in a certain way. But a lot of us don't do that. So I really try and do that even working from home um, because I know how much it helps me to like get back into my feminine. I literally just flash you guys. I don't know why I'm touching my boobs. Um, <laughs> so even like this afternoon after this, I'm going to, um, take my dog, well, the boys, he's got the girls, I got the boys, um, dogs that is out for a walk so that I get in nature, just turn off from the day and whatnot, get into my body. I've done a lot of admin today, so it's been kind of a heady day. Get into my body. And then by the time he's home, it will be like, a, it'll be like a really nice transition. Um, okay. And then if you think that he doesn't have the right woman, do you think that then he doesn't have the right woman if he wants it? Wait, hopefully the rest of my answer answered that question for you. Like when I kept going, okay. Um, not ready to come off the pill yet, but struggling with low libido is the only option coming off the pill. Yes. Sorry, but the pill fucking ruins your libido. Um, I'm so glad that you're the episode. Okay. I'm about to meet a guy that I'm attracted to, but the huge sexual spark of being in a trauma bond isn't there. Great. It feels good, but how can I, how can I make in my, but how can I make in my new normal? How can I make it? Do you mean, okay. How can I make it my new normal instead of the feeling of a trauma bond? So I'm going to re reword that. So she is about to meet a guy that she's attracted to. The huge sexual spark of being in a trauma bond isn't there. It feels really good, but how can I make it my new normal instead of uh, the feeling of a trauma bond being her normal? So the way that you need to make it your new normal is like serious self-discipline where you are, because in that time of like, let's say for example, you keep dating this guy. In the next six weeks of you dating him, you are going to have two options. Other one option is going to going to be that you you want to leave because you're like this is fucking boring, or the second option is that you are going to focus on how calm and quote unquote vanilla this is when it's not actually vanilla. It's just not setting your adrenals off all the time. So you really have to focus on the pleasure that you get from the state of. Um, neutrality that you have with him, him, I'm going to say, focusing on that state, because then your body will actually want to stay. 
You have to make that state more pleasurable in order for your body to stay. Friends, I'm just interrupting the episode very quickly to bring to light one of my most favorite masterclasses that I've ever done, The Embodiment of Dating. This is the masterclass that I wish I had when I was going through really figuring out dating in a way that that kept me feeling, you know, good about men, good about myself and just the dating world. Because I know it can seem like it's a dry fucking desert out there, but so much of that is in the way that we show up. Modern dating is hard. Let's not beat around the bush. And the embodiment of dating is going to help you to feel like you are showing up in a way that you are proud of, where you aren't leaking your energy everywhere, and in a way that is going to actually get you results with good men without being a hot, anxious mess. If you are interested, there's also the VIP option, and the VIP option gives you three months of support with me. We have a Telegram um, group, so that's basically like a group thread, and you can be dropping in any questions that you have at all. Nothing is off limits, and as many questions as you want over those three months. You also get access to extra lessons on things like keeping your energy to yourself, cutting the call with people that aren't right for you, staying committed to showing up. Um, you know, committed. This is a good one. Staying committed to showing up even when you're presented with the hottest fucking man. And there's so many more lessons in there. You also get a extra one-on-one with me to focus on whatever you want to focus on so that you can feel more secure and confident in your dating life or in your relationship. So whether you're dating or whether you're in a relationship, but you feel like you need to repolarize the relationship, the embodiment of dating is for you. It is a two-hour masterclass. As soon as you join, you get the masterclass so you can binge it and start implementing everything. And it is absolutely loaded with content. So I'd be watching it like literally four times and then once a month. So if you want to join, the details are all below so that you can get in and let's jump back into the episode. Okay, next question. Okay, I love seeing you talk about receiving money in business and creating wealth. Do you do any anything else like own real estate, stocks, etc. that generate wealth? Well, you guys will find out soon. <laughs> Um, but in terms of like stocks and all that kind of stuff, uh, that is something that's been in the, in the process, um, of getting done. I, for one, have had no time in the last three years or four years of running my business to allocate even five minutes to dealing with stocks. So I have not been able to do that because I literally don't have the brain capacity, hence you hire other people. But now, um, what will happen is I have my wealth manager, stock, whatever, the dude that like invests your money, right? So I have that guy. And what will happen is because I still don't have the brain capacity to deal with that because I honestly don't understand it. I don't really like, I just don't get it. I don't need to waste my energy on it. So what we're doing and what's working for us is that my boyfriend will be the one that takes the meetings with him and they will figure it out, but it'll be my money. So my money's going to make money, but I don't have to use a pile of my energy and be really in my head because it exhausts me beyond belief. I can't even sit on an accounting call. I do it, but it's just so draining to me. So, um, so they will do that and that's going to be how it's worked. But before kind of this, I just really haven't had the time. And even still, we don't have the time right now, but it will happen probably closer towards the end of the year for stocks. And then you guys will find out about the rest later. Um, oh, you're watching from a cafe in New York. Oh, um, okay. How do you manage not being pregnant without birth control of some sort? You need to listen to my fertility awareness method. Uh, sorry. So you need to listen to my podcast. I think it's like episode four four or something. It's called You Can't Get Preggers at Any Time. And it talks about the fertility awareness method. That's what you need to use. Not the rhythm method. You want the fertility, and it's going to take me so long to scroll down. You want the fertility awareness method. If you go into my website um, and you just search in the search bar, um, podcast directory, or if you literally do the drop down menu and you click podcast directory, it will take you to the episodes. Um, you just scroll down to the episodes under the title of like periods and you will see that episode. You need to listen to that because that will fully explain, um, the fertility awareness method. Basically you need to know when you ovulate, you don't have sex or you use another method of contraception or whether it's condoms or pull out method from the five days before you ovulate one day after, if you want to be safe for that one day after, in case you double ovulate, um, like in in case you ovulate a second time. And then that's when you are just careful. And then the rest of the time, there's no egg there. So an egg can't be implanted. Um, I feel like I keep attracting guys who ghost me and I'm not sure why. I mean, without kind of knowing your case, Kelly, um, 
general like normal things is one you don't read the cues kind of beforehand two you're not showing up in the right way that you should be showing up on those kind of first second third dates with men you should definitely do the embodiment of dating when I um, open that again in a couple months time I think I'm gonna open it in like September uh, September maybe I think um, just so you know, I would join the waitlist for the embodiment of dating because it will really help you. And um, you're honestly probably engaging with men that are already telling you that are want that don't want a certain relationship or they're not your match, but you engage with them because of self-worth or validation issues or boundary issues or whatever it is. And as a result, you end up getting hurt when it was like you could have avoided that in the first place. But because of the certain things that you're not embodying, you then didn't know how to avoid it in the first place because you couldn't read the signals. So the embodiment of dating would be a good one for you to get onto if you're not already in that. Um, and again, it's like, okay, you're attracting guys who ghost me and I'm not sure why. Do you ignore yourself? Do you kind of ghost yourself in any way? And then really just what I said before about like the amount of women that blame men when I'm like, or like blame the person that they were dating for ghosting. And I'm like, you did, you did not read the fucking signals like, or you were so needy to begin with, or you didn't engage in the right way, or they didn't fucking, you didn't let them chase you or whatever it is. So of course they fucking ghosted you because they lost interest like that. So even though I'm not about, I'm not about playing games with dating whatsoever. The thing that I always say is like, we're not playing games with dating. We're understanding biology and we are playing to that so that we get the best results, right? Like if a man wants a good result with a woman, it's like, understand women. Because if he's going to like, if he's going to talk to me or behave like, behave like a behave with me, like I'm a man that I'm going to be really disinterested. But if he treats me like a lady that I'm going to be interested. So treat a man like a man kind of like that. Okay. The guy that I asked, that guy that asked me out on a date in a cafe was very rude to the staff. That was a red flag. And his text messages were slightly uh, condescending. That's why I thought he had narcissistic traits. Okay, I, this is so good because if I saw this, I would not label him as a narcissist. And so like you are like, put I, I don't know the full case. I don't know your full case, but you're kind of putting yourself in this like, I constantly attract narcissists. I constantly attract narcissists. So what are you going to do? You're going to keep engaging with those men because your reticular activating system is only seeing those men. If that was me, right? And asked me out in a cafe and I was like, oh, that's cute. And initially, and then was rude to the staff. I would have been like, mm, weird. And then his text messages were like a little bit condescending. I would just be like, Okay. Not really interested. I would not label him as a narcissist because he doesn't lose. Like if, if he is, he doesn't lose. You haven't, even if you've, t even if you tell him to his face or via a text message, you're a narcissist, a, a narcissist would not give a flying fuck. Right? So nobody loses besides you because essentially you label yourself as that is what I'm attracting versus being like, Oh, disinterested, flick that one away and not really make, not making it about anything and just moving your energy on rather than any kind of like self-victimization. That makes sense. Okay. Um, I've been trying to date a guy for a few years who for various reasons hasn't worked recently. He has apologized as he's been going through his own trauma yet. I still don't know where to go with it or how to help him move forward. One, you are not helping him move forward. So flick that idea out the window. Um, because then you're just going to mother him, right? And it's not going to be a sexy relationship and you're going to be miserable. And then number two, the fact that you don't know where it's going is like, babe, you need to just cut yourself off from this because you are draining energy. You also need to do the embodiment of dating stat when it comes out. So waitlist that, like put, be, make sure you're on the waitlist for that. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Just search the embodiment of dating on my, on my website page or go to um, my work with me page and you'll see it there or send me a DM and I'll send you the link so that you can go on the waitlist. But if you're saying to yourself, like, I don't know why it's not working or I'm not too sure where to go from here. Or like, I don't know what he's thinking. Bye-bye, Felicia. If you don't, if you don't know what's going on with a man that you've been trying to date, he's not that interested in you. He's not that interested in you because if a man is really fucking interested in you and wants to claim you, you won't have a question mark in your fucking mind. Like you really, really won't. And it's so hard to say no because we want the attention right? But your want for attention from them more than you saying no, basically is you saying, this is all I'm worth, right? Of like, I'm not going to claim for myself more. I've got no self-discipline. I've got no self-boundaries. Like I can't resist. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to keep engaging in this because I get the attention. No, if you want a fucking man, that kind of petty energy is not going to get the man that you want to come in by any means. So cut that shit off, like, and just clean your, clean that energy up, like stop and join the embodiment of dating. I hope that wasn't too harsh. Okay. Do you have sponsorships for your more expensive courses such as Baba? Oh, you, you mean scholarships? No, I do not do any scholarships. 
um, tried them once before. And the reason why I don't do them, I tried them once in, um, when in 2020, when like COVID started, the reason why I don't do them is the reality is that if you're not investing in them, you're not investing in yourself. You don't show up. There's no skin in the game. I show up a hundred percent. And then like, and the, the couple of girls that I gave the scholarships to, like they showed up 50%. They still got great results, which was great for them because they were in really, really bad situations, but they didn't show up to every call. One of them like missed one of their one-on-ones that like, it's just, no, I don't do it because at the end of the day, you have to have, it's not even about me. Cause like, it doesn't really make a big difference to the amount of workload I have to do, um, for queen alchemy. But the reality is that if you don't have skin in the game, you're not going to show up and get the results. So, um, yeah, you need to have skin in the game and have, and fit. And like when you're investing in these kind of programs, it's really about your investing in yourself. Like, yes, you're investing in me quote unquote, but it's really you doing it for you. Like you are investing in yourself. You are saying I'm worth this amount of money and my future is worth this amount of money. And that you want that for yourself, right? Like you buying a handbag is a completely different purchase to you saying, I want to heal my shit so that I can have the greatest future. Okay. Do you believe in age gaps? I see some coaches recommend age gaps because of maturity levels of some men. Um, I mean, I always thought I needed like way, my boyfriend's 31 and I thought that I, I always dated guys like over 34 and when I, because I needed a certain maturity level just based on where I am in my life and my maturity and like I'm a very, very old soul and what it, most people think that I'm 28 when they, 28, 29, 30, when they meet me. So I need someone that's like quite a bit older. So when I first met my boyfriend, when did he tell me his age? I can't remember, but whenever I figured out his age, I was like, oh, he's a bit young. Maybe it was when you were skiing, whatever. We met on a chairlift. So I can't remember like the first couple of situations because it all kind of happened very quickly, but, um, it might've been on the chairlift when we met. Um, I asked how old they were and I was, I, I think it was cause I remember being like, oh, he's, he's a bit young. Um, but what was I going to say? But his maturity level is what I needed and, and his ambition level and his, um, self-awareness level and, and all those kind of things. And actually when I met him, I was dating another guy and he was 34, I think. And he did not have the self-awareness my boyfriend has. He was not as mature as my, as my current boyfriend. So age matters to an extent, but it also doesn't matter when you meet your right person, because like, he thought I was so young when he met me. Right. But then for him now, he thinks he always thinks I'm older than some of his friends because of just maturity levels. So, you know, just because a coach says something doesn't mean necessarily right when it comes to a personality trait. Like, you know, I would never say, oh, you have to date a guy this age because that would be very limiting. And it's kind of like putting it's kind of like labeling people with their age, if that makes sense. Cause I also dated like 42 year olds. It was so fucking immature. So, um, that's kind of my answer on that. So I would say, no, I, I like an age gap. I really do. I personally always wanted a good age gap because I wanted them to have more life experience, more obviously to be more mature, have gone through more things than me, like have made more mistakes and all that kind of stuff. And just to feel like they are leading, especially just because of like, success levels. So I always knew that I wanted that. Um, and I think a lot of women feel the same way, especially if they want like a very feminine masculine relationship, but to put like, Oh, I'm only going to date this age is kind of, you know, limiting in a sense. Um, okay. Next question, how to get over the fear of coming off the pill, get my art of coming off hormonal birth control masterclass because it's a full protocol. So you don't need to worry about like doing it the wrong way, having a like a massive hormonal rebound, all your PMS symptoms coming back. Everybody forgets this of like, you can't just come off the pill. Like you can, but you will screw your, screw your body over and screw your hormones over because your body has become reliant on this pill. So if you just take that away, it's like your body doesn't know what to do anymore. So it's going to go completely haywire. So, um, it's really, really important that you do the um, art of coming off hormonal birth control because it will help you with that transition period. And it's got like, it's a full, like, pro it's a full, um, like protocol for three to six months. So yeah. Ladies, if you are wanting to be a part of Queen Alchemy round 11 starting next year and you need an extended payment plan, it's imperative that you join the waitlist and fill out the form that you get in your emails once you join the waitlist before December because this avail this payment plan is only going to be available until about December 10th. 
um, and then it will be closed. And then you'll only have the normal payment options that I do of pay in full or split payment. So if you know that you need an extended payment plan for Queen Alchemy, it's imperative that you join ASAP so that you can lock in your space and get that payment plan sorted and then you know that you're good to go. You'll also get early access to the portal uh, by joining early. So even if you don't need the extended payment plan, If I were you, I'd be joining early because then you have December and January over that break time to start getting into the content and getting ahead. So when we start doing the live calls, because there's there's a lot of live calls, you don't feel like you get left. um, You don't feel like you get behind because you have done that work beforehand. So just a reminder, if you need the extended payment plan for Queen Alchemy at 11, you need to join now. Sign up to the waitlist below and you will get an email in your inbox with the form that you need to fill out. And then the rest of the details I will guide you through. And then even if you don't need the extended payment plan, but you would like to get access to the Kajabi portal early so that you can start getting through about 50% of the content before we even start the program, then definitely join now so that you don't get behind um, when we're doing the live program in March. Any tips on how to manage slash stop self-sabotaging thoughts? Um, number one thing I would say is like, you need to heal the trauma behind the thoughts. People don't believe this when I say this, but I have no self-destructive thoughts ever running through my head anymore. Like my, if I'm staring at this tree out here, like mine would be fucking blank. The only thing in my mind, if I was staring at this would be knowing that this is happening in front of me, but I have zero self-destructive thoughts throughout the day. I can obviously say to myself, sometimes I can be hard on myself sometimes and be like, Oh, I wish I did a better job today, but I don't then have that. I'm not enough, blah, blah, blah. It's just like, um, whatever. And then I just move on with my life. The reason why we have these self-destructive, self-sabotaging thoughts is because of the trauma underlying them that is in your body that causes the thoughts to go to your brain. So you think that certain way. So when you do the somatic work, it fixes the mindset stuff at the same time, if that makes sense. So in terms of managing, I mean, I can tell you to do the fucking mantras. I can tell you to meditate. I can tell you to journal, all that kind of stuff. Um, I mean, the, the best thing is like, if you want to manage them is probably, and like, I don't want you to manage them. I want you to heal them, right? Like complete difference. Like I am not here for management of shit. Fuck that. I am here for completely healing it. And like it saying bye-bye Felicia. Um, I believe everything and I know everything can be healed and it's not something and not people, we don't have to live with anything like gross like that. Um, but if you want to manage it, I would be saying like meditation was probably going to be the best kind of thing and being in nature to just silence your mind and kind of get into your body really and get out of your head. Okay. Next one. Um, okay. Most femininity coaches talk a lot about becoming more receptive and soft, but the feminine is also wild, fierce, and a force of nature. What do you think? I'd love to hear, hear more of that side. I mean, I am fucking wild, fierce, and a force of nature. I am not. Like, I am not this, like, weepy kind of feminine whatsoever. And that's why I, I mean, that's why I kind of like, I'm like, I like it. Because I feel like so many of the femininity coaches are so like, which is great. Don't get me wrong. Like, that's fabulous. And sometimes I am, I mean, you guys see me being a lot more fiery than say like some of the people in my life, just because I'm like, you know, running a business, um, and so I'm always like teaching and I'm like excited and I'm passionate and blah, blah, blah. But the amount of times people have said to me, like, you are like so airy fairy. Like sometimes I can be super airy fairy as well, but I mean, we, we have all of this, we have the soft and we have that surrender and receptivity, but then we also have that wild, fierce force of nature where it's like, if someone fucks with me, I'm going to kill you. So like, I very much embody that. I mean, I am very fiery. I'm an Enneagram eight and Enneagram eight basically is like the boundaries, bitch. Like I've never been a people pleaser. Nobody fucking crosses me. I'm not a doormat. Like just don't have time for that shit. So always being quite fiery. And that does not mean that you're not also like receptive and feminine and X, Y, and Z doesn't mean that I wanted a more like intense man that could like overpower my fire. Yes, that, that is what it meant. And, you know, for some really quote unquote soft or very like more watery, let's say feminine women, they would find like my relationship too much because it's too much like putting, you know, me being put in my place, but like the other night, actually, 
my parents were saying to my boyfriend, like over the phone, like, yeah, put her in her place. Like they've always kind of joked like that. Like she needs to be put in her place because I'm just very sassy and rebellious. And that is part of the feminine nature, right? Of like, do you see a tree being like, oh, I have to grow a certain way. No, the tree's like, fuck you. I'm going to grow however I want to grow. That is the feminine, right? Um, Okay. Next question. Do you think a relationship can be repaired after cheating slash betrayal or should you get out immediately? I think it can be. Um, I think that if their relationship is so fucking like soulmate kind of love, like cannot live without this person kind of love, like could live without them. But if you know that kind of love, it's like, no, I literally can't live without them. Um, then I think it absolutely can be repaired. What is required for that, um, for that to be repaired is a really deep understanding of what the actual reason was for the betrayal, because it's never about just wanting sex right? It's, it's about, they wanted to be seen or validated, or they weren't feeling loved in the relationship, or they were feeling constantly emasculated and shamed. And this other woman was making him feel like a man, for example, because then it can become a learning experience for you. Um, but then also there needs to be things put in place that allows you, let's say to feel really safe in the relationship, whether it's like having find my friends on so that like you can always trust where he's going. And when he says something, when he says, I'm going to the shops, if you were to check, he's out the shops. Um, whether it's, you know, um, setting new boundaries, for example, whether it is, um, you know, you know that you need him to go and heal his trauma so that you can trust that he's not going to self-sabotage the relationship. Let's say that's the reason and go and sleep with another woman because of X, Y, and Z trauma. And the way that you're only going to feel really safe is if you know that he's gone to do like the man, for example, I've had a few clients that have had the situation where it's like, I need you to do the man, which is my men's program. I need you to do the man because I need you to do this trauma healing in order for me to feel like you have confronted your shit. So you're not going to go and do this again subconsciously. So those are kind of some ways um, in which you would be able to repair it. If obviously it's like that kind of, that kind of love. Um, Cause I'm all for that kind of love. Okay. Boyfriend keeps lying about texting a woman he works with and deleting his call history. Whenever I catch him, he denies it or tells me it's to avoid a fight, but everything else in relation to is perfect. I mean, personally, if that was happening to me, I would just get the fuck out because I would just be like, I would literally just be like, to me, it would just be a red flag that someone's deleting like text threads or phone messages. I would just be like, I would literally just be like, I'm, this is wrong. You know, it's wrong. And I'm like, this is just what I would do. I'd be like, I'm leaving because if he chases you and he does everything in his fucking power to get you back, then he actually fucking loves you. Right. Because that is how men operate. If they need to chase and win and they will, he will also then realize and learn from that to not fuck you over and to not play with your emotions. Um, and that you are dead serious when you say like, I deserve better. If that's like, you are embodying and actually living out what you're saying, not just being like, don't do it, don't do it. But then still making him dinner. It's like, don't do it. And I'm leaving and then see what his actions show you after that. Um, and then if he doesn't chase you down, it's like, well, then that's really sad, but he didn't love you enough. Right. Um, but then on the positive side of that, you found out before you got even more hurt or before the relationship got, got even more serious, which would have been even worse. Um, but to me, if that was happening, like, no, I mean, me and my boyfriend have so much fucking transparency. We have each other's like face lock thing on each other's phones. So like, if I look at his phone, it'll open it because my face is on it. Same for his. We have, we have, we literally have shared our password notes so we could get into any single bank account, anything we wanted to. We have find my friends on all the time. And it wasn't because we didn't have some big chat. It was just like, duh, like, of course, like we love each other and we're, going to be together forever. And like, we don't want to hide each other from, we don't want to hide anything. So like, let's just share everything, which is what we did. So, um, that is like what everybody deserves to have. Why? Because it creates so much safety for you and for the relationship. Everybody deserves to have that kind of relationship. Um, because you feel safe. Like you really do feel, I, I feel like I can bring the most crazy thing to him and he will not make me feel like a lunatic because he wants to make me feel safe and I want to make him feel safe all the time. And preface, he has not done like some fucking like men's retreat thing. He was just a normal corporate dude that I met on a chairlift. <laughs> um, okay. One of my best friends is seeking a long-term partner, but keeps going out with guys for friends and benefits. I'm married. So I don't know how to advise her. Would you, would you, she needs to cut the casual. She, I mean, I was saying this to my client this morning, right? Like if you actually want 
a that relationship and she she actually might think she wants it but she actually wants to keep enjoying being single for a bit so go she keep enjoying being single right like let her do her thing for some people like they have to really get to their wits end with being single and dating to then be like right I'm actually gonna fucking cut this half-ass engagement with people and I'm gonna like only be available for my king and I'm going to like not be chasing men you know some people really don't do that if she is like I'm actually wanting if she's like I'm actually wanting a long-term partner and she is over being single um and some people think they are but they're not right and if she actually is then yeah she needs to cut that kind of engagement not just because of like an energetic standpoint but for herself because it's just leaky energy everywhere right it's not grounded centered energy it's not the kind of energy that is going to make it's not not the kind of focus energy that's going to have her showing up as her best self to then actually yes attract him in but then also be that kind of woman that he wants to be with if he sees her uh, you know meets her like on a chairlift, for example, and she's around town fucking a million dudes, he's probably going to be disinterested if he's a high quality man. So it's also about making sure that like you are the embodiment before you meet that person so that it can go where it needs to go straight away. Um, okay. Thank And also she should listen to my podcast. Thank you for answering. I ended up doing exactly that. I texted him that I didn't want to go on a date, ended all communication and moved on. Loved that. Okay, cool. Best money you will ever spend. Thank you. Um, love my clients. Okay. I'm a Sagittarius Gemini too, huh? Okay. Uh, do you think having a lack of purpose slash feeling stagnant comes from trauma? Yes. Also, how does your trauma healing work and where slash how did you learn these modalities? Okay. Having a lack of purpose slash feeling stagnant comes... I mean, yes, it can come from trauma. It can come from overwhelm. It can come from stress. It can come from... Um, your environment not being conducive to you being in your creative flow. It can come from like so many different things. So how my trauma healing works is that basically I have made up a pile of different modalities over the last four years and I channel them all through. I've made them up. I did my life coaching certification and it was boring as batshit and it didn't teach me this. It was, I don't think it would change anybody's life to be honest. It was just, it's just talking. It's just talk therapy. And that to me was just not going to cut it. I started doing it that way. And then as I would start doing it, I would, I'm super intuitive for anyone that doesn't know. I would have like, I would literally hear like to do certain things. I would take these clients through certain things and just time after time, these clients would be like, Oh my God, I've been trying to get rid of that for like 10 fucking years in therapy. And it's gone. Like I haven't been triggered by that for a whole week. And it just kept happening where I would like come up. I would literally just come up. It sounds weird, but it happens this way. And I still come up with new modalities and I write them down. I would just come up with a modality on a client call or whatever. And I've, I've come up with new ones like in Queen Alchemy calls. I've come up with modalities whilst doing my events, like in the actual moment, they just channel through and they work in a way that I cannot even explain. So I just honestly tie it down to I have a gift. My name actually means to advise and counsel. That's what Monica means. So um, I tie it down to I have a gift for doing this and I really can't explain like, I really can't explain it. You have to just experience it. I mean, any clients that are listening could probably also attest to this of like, how I'm just going to move my light. Like, how do you explain this, um, kind of work? Because I, I sure as shit don't know really how to explain it. It's just like, it really makes you realize the amount of trauma we hold in our body. Um, and it's really about getting to the root and like, you don't then need to go and do a pile of homework to make it stick. It's like that trauma is just completely gone for good. And it's no longer something that you get triggered by. You don't have a visceral activated reaction in your body. You're not having the physical symptoms anymore um, or whatever it is. So I didn't learn them anywhere. I made them all up. And now I teach them my certification. Um, well, the second round is finished, but I teach them there and they work for their clients too. So they definitely work. Um, that's what I do. Okay. Next question is why didn't you like living in London? I mean, it just wasn't for me. I think I could go back there. No, honestly, I went back there to get my visa shit sorted and the gray skies just killed my mood. I was there also in lockdown. That didn't help. Um, I don't love the people. It's, it's a really, really separated city and the weather is just God awful. So not really about that. It's like, it's not really a summer and not really a winter. Like it's just, it doesn't snow or anything like that. So it was just gloomy. I mean, most people live in London to fly to Europe really easily. So I, and I get that, um, context on above, this is reoccurring pattern in my, um, relationships. 
okay, of like the texting and like hiding things. So you need to stop engaging in the slightest with men that show up in that kind of way. Cut it off for yourself. Okay. So for a feminine one with a lot of fire, a masculine man with even more fire is a good match. For me, it is. Everyone's different, but yes, because generally that would be that he's like got more of that masculine dominant energy versus a very watery passive man would make, you I mean, initially it might get your control freak off, but uh, eventually it would make you kind of resent him because he wouldn't be in as masculine. Uh, not that masculine has to be fiery, just FYI, but just to like make it short and sweet. Okay. Another question. Um, okay. Can you share some stuff that your boyfriend has said? Like, babe, I love this about you, whatever you're comfortable with, especially what he has seen is different about you as the radiant feminine. Okay. So, oh my God, this is a putting me on the spot. I feel, I feel like eventually he will be on the, he will eventually be on the podcast to like answer questions for sure. I'm actually going to do a masterclass that you guys will love the topic of this. So hang tight for the name. Um, I think I'm, I've put it in Thursday's reel that's going out tomorrow's reel. So you'll have a little, like a little bit of a teaser. Um, but I'm actually going to get him to write out things he wants me to say on this, on this masterclass. So I will like read that, but he won't be there. Okay. So things that he has said, um, like, I love this about you. I mean, he loves everything about me and he will, he will compliment me to the end of day. I, I mean, I, I don't even know. Like, um, he loves my cooking. He loves like every inch of my body. He fucking worships it. He is, he always says how proud he is of me, which I love. Like he'll just randomly text me being like, babe, I love you. I'm so proud of you. Um, let me just make sure I actually haven't. Okay, cool. Um, uh, he always is like complimenting me on my work and praising me in front of his friends about like work stuff all the time and how he, um, is so impressed by me. What else is he saying about me? Um, he loves my ambition. He always comments on my insane work ethic. Um, I don't know. I feel like that's a really hard question to answer. Um, specifically what he, okay. So specifically what he's seen different about you as radio. Okay. So I would say the thing that he has the specific thing that he has seen, um, that's very different from me, different in me is just that we, our ability to communicate is amazing. Like we are very, very good. I mean, it's not always perfect, but we are very, very good communicators. We always want to communicate. I mean, we are low key obsessed with each other. You know, we will say, I miss you. If we've been sitting next to each other all day doing work because we've missed like our love bubble because we've been in like work mode all day. So we'll be like, I've missed you, but we've literally been in the same house all day. Um, and I would say the other things, the main things that he always just says is like the things that he wanted in a woman he got right of like the ambition. He wanted someone with big, big dreams. He wanted someone that liked the finer things in life. That was like, um, very like, uh, loves being intellectually stimulated, um, loves to travel, loves to ski is a really important one, which was the same for me. Um, I feel like I need to ask him this question and we'll like do it on the podcast one day, eventually such a hard question to answer. Um, but I would say the main one is just, Oh, that's right. Also like my ability to receive, like I, he will put me in my feminine. Um, and I love it. Like last night I was st- starving hungry I'm in a very intense luteal phase and I was just so fucking hungry and I literally started crying being like I have to go to Whole Foods to get food because I'm so hungry and I hate this and if you don't know in your luteal phase if you have a good amount of progesterone so your hormones are balanced you'll get really hungry not cravings you'll get hunger because progesterone speeds up your metabolism so anyway I get that and I fucking hate it because like I don't like snacking I'm like, I'm just fucking, like, I'm ragingly hungry right now. I am not joking you. And I tell you that I ate one hour ago and I was full. And then now like, it's just insane. And I actually don't like it. It's really annoying to me. And I'm like, I don't, I'm not wanting a particular food. Like you could literally feed me like shit and I would eat it. Um, so he was like, no, I'm going to make you food. And then I was laying in bed and, um, I texted him being like, I'll come down. And he literally yells at me. It was so sexy. He yells at me. He's coming in being like, get back into bed. He's like, I am serving you. And what did he say? That's right. He's, um, he was like, stay in your feminine and receive. And I'm just like, oh, I love it. So he loves that he gets to kind of, he loves that he gets to be such a man. And then I really do receive that. And every man wants to, most men want to be able to do that as well, but women need to be able to receive it. 
And also I want to say, like, I fucking bite back at him sometimes too. If he's doing something that I don't like, he'll fucking know about it. So just an FYI, it doesn't mean that you are a doormat. It just, you know, means that. Okay. Um, all right. Next question. Let me open the chat box. Oh, wait, what's Danielle said? It's hard to explain. It's so magical. Best money you will ever spend. Thank you, Danielle. I appreciate that. I'll see you tomorrow. Um, okay. Can you share how you met your man and how did he win your heart? I shared this on that announcement video that like Instagram took down. So fucking bizarre. I, we will do like, I'm, I'll do a full, like every little detail of how it all happened and whatnot, um, down the track, like sometime later this year. But in terms of how we met, um, we met, we met on a trail of skiing. So we're both like very intense skiers and, um, he was skiing with his friend and I just whipped down the like singles line and I just got on their chairlift, didn't think about it got on their chairlift and it was so funny actually we were having I was with with his friends on the weekend and they were telling me how like one of his friends was like yeah he was like texting me being like oh my god there's this girl in the red I was wearing like my red ski suit and I'm like wait I haven't heard this before keep going I loved it um he knew before me so we skied together that day we just like started having a conversation and then they didn't know the ski mountain very well I grew up skiing there um so I took them to like one of the back bowls and we they were really good skiers and I was like wow this is fucking great like I was like oh my god I have a ski friend that can one work remote and two was a good skier because I don't have any friends that like will be like fuck yes to a double black but like that's kind of my vibe um and then obviously can work remote as well so I was like this is great I have a ski buddy not fucking this one up and then um he kept texting me and then he asked me out for dinner and I said maybe um and the rest is history basically and then he kept but he kept chasing basically and one of the things he did that I actually forgot to mention as a green flag in the episode coming out on Friday with Louise the girl chat a green flag that I forgot to mention but I did put it in my Instagram story the other week if you saw it was something he did when we were first like talking after we met on that like we were like on that day of skiing is he texted me one night being like, hey, just so you know, I um, might not be as responsive for the next hour because I'm playing poker with the boys. And I was just like, oh my God, who is, and I hadn't said yes to dinner at this point. It was still a maybe. I was like, who the fuck is this guy? I'm obsessed. And then he sent me a picture to like prove that he was with all guys in a house playing poker. And I was just like, oh my God. And I literally remember applying, being like, you are making it very hard for me to say no to dinner. Anyway, dinner turned into a whole weekend of skiing and the rest is history. So I, we will share that whole story though um, at some point later this year, I promise. Okay, question box, yes. Is I will check that in a second. Is it, uh, is it possible to bring back trauma and why money? Oh, pre, wait, hold on. I need, I, think I might need to scroll up for the rest of the question. No, okay. So wait, is it possible, is it is it possible pregnancy brings back a trauma and why? I think you were saying, yeah, is it possible that pregnancy brings back a trauma and why? Like a money trauma. Pregnancy can bring up a money trauma because you now have like a primal, like your primal brain is jumping in. Um, basically being like, I now have to provide for my child and I don't want my child to go without anything. So it's like you have scarcity can come in, not because necessarily you're feeling scarce, but because you want more abundant, like you want more money to be able to provide a better home. So I would really see it as like, it's your primal brain likely coming in. No, actually like your primal brain is different to your trauma. We all have our primal brain and we're not going to get rid of that. We don't want to get rid of that. That's really important. Um, so it might be that. Okay. Let me check the question box. Okay. Okay. I did answer it correctly. I just saw the question box. I saw the question in the question box. Okay. Next question. Um, I'm going to answer these last ones that I'm going to go guys. How do you let go? Hold on. I'm not sure when. What's the time? Okay. Um, sorry, one sec. Okay. How do you let go of guilt for past relationship failure before your healing and stepping into your feminine? How do you let go of guilt for past relationship failure? before your healing and stepping. I mean, that, that, that guilt is part of your healing to then step into your feminine. So, you know, the most important thing with any kind of guilt is getting to the trauma behind that, that is causing the sensation of guilt, because you could do something that you might feel guilty about, but I could do the exact same thing that I wouldn't give a flying fuck about because it's not triggering, um, 
trauma or a story that we've told ourselves or a belief that we have about ourselves or our life, if that makes sense. And then that trauma healing is what's so important for you to be able to step in your feminine. Like reading all the books about femininity, taking the courses about how to be in your feminine is great. But if you haven't healed the shit that's stopping you from being in your feminine, it's not going to stick. It's going to feel like work. And my whole thing is like, if you're a woman or if you like, so if you're a woman, when you heal your trauma, you will naturally be in your feminine. You will not have to try. When you're a man and you heal your trauma, you will naturally be in your masculine and you won't have to try. So what's interesting is like queen alchemy and the man, the man is like the feminine, the fem- the the male, the men's version of queen alchemy is both of them. The foundation of it is trauma healing. And like, even in the man, for example, it's like when they heal their shit, they are naturally more in their masculine. I don't have to, t- I don't have to tell them how to be masculine. Men know how to be masculine. My job with like the man, for example, is healing their trauma and teaching them about women so that they can feel like they are the man they fucking want to be, heal their confidence, heal their beliefs of I'm not enough, heal their fucking guilt, their shame, their trauma, whatever it is. And then for the female side, it's like the same thing. They need a little, we need a bit more help of like how to be in our feminine because society and our generational trauma has taken us so far out of our feminine, but men really know how to be men. If that makes sense, we still kind of don't know how to be feminine. So I teach you that and I give you a lot of tools for that. But the bottom line of it all is like the trauma stuff. Like that's with all my work. It's like, there's no point you trying to do a business course if you haven't, if you don't have the trauma work in there. So with my business course, it's like, let's do the fucking trauma work as well so that you can actually grow your business with ease. Otherwise it's not going to work. So that's that point. Okay. Um, uh, okay. Let me see. What is his zodiac sign? He's an Aquarius. He's an Aquarius. Um, okay. When you were single, did you enjoy being single? I did finding it hard to enjoy being single completely. I have, I enjoy having a partner do things with. I totally understand that. So there were times, obviously, when I was single where I'm like, oh, I just want my fucking man, right? Because you, I want to do things with my man, not this dude that I'm dating. I want to do it with, like, the man that I've been with for a year and we're so comfortable together. Like, I want to be able to, like, you know, fucking take a shit and walk out of the bathroom and be like, babe, that shit was so good. Like, that's where we are, right? And I love that. And we, we were such a weird, we're a bit weird like that. We're a bit gross. But that's, I wanted that in my relationship. So I completely understand that. Just try and enjoy being single because when you manifest that guy in, you will probably be like, that happens. Well, if you're doing any of my programs, you'll probably be like, that happens so fucking quickly. I wish I enjoyed my time being single more. Even when I met him, I was like, it happens so fast that I'm like, that sometimes I'm like, damn it, I wish I enjoyed my single life more. Like, damn, I wish I could just go back to, you know, last year and be like, keep enjoying this, Monica. Like, don't for a second be worried about when am I going to meet him? Because he's literally like right around the fucking corner, if that makes sense. Um, So I would say to everyone that's single, just enjoy it as much as you can. I enjoyed my last year of being single and it was, I'm glad that I did because it was so much fun and I didn't just sit around moping about it. I fucking enjoyed it. So definitely enjoy it. And also learn about yourself and learn about the man and the relationship that you would like to be with. So you know that to manifest the man that you want to be with. Okay. Okay. Um, how was your first date? Well, it was a whole weekend, so it was very fucking good. (laughs) Um, what does it mean when a man is the exact opposite of what you just described? He doesn't want to do anything for you. He's the slightest, the slightest thing is a problem and complains that you're a bother to him. It means you give him the flick and call it a day. I would not engage with that. What does a masculine man crave most from a feminine woman apart from being receptive? He craves space. He craves, um, I've lost the fucking word. He craves purpose. He craves to feel like you give him a purpose and he craves to feel like he is the provider and the protector. That's what he craves. Okay. Um, why do some people lose and gain weight? Is it a mental issue towards food? I mean, there's a lot of aspects. There's emotional trauma around it. There's a fear of being seen. There is emotional stuff that I just said, like, and that ties in with the kind of mental. There's obviously like a hormonal aspect to it and a stress aspect to it, which can be linked to the emotional as well. Like where it's the physical is always linked to the emotional. Um, and then it obviously can be like you eating or not eating enough food. Right. But I, if you are having this like yo-yoing with your body or you feel like you can't lose weight and I'm not talking about like the, the, the last stubborn bit of belly fat, you know, that I talked about in that episode that I did about, um, weight loss. It was like, I don't know what episode number it was. It was episode 
Do I have it here? Yeah. Hold on a second. It was episode... Uh, 229, like in that episode um, that I was talking about, like that whole fucking idea of like women need to have like ripped stomachs. I'm like, well, if you have a ripped stomach, you know, and there's no belly fat on your stomach as a woman, you're probably not going to have a period or a healthy baby. So we're not, we're not trying to strive for that. But if you are overweight and you cannot budge the weight, for example, and you've tried all the things, you know, one, you shouldn't have to go on a crazy diet to lose weight. You should just be able to eat real food and keep your body at equilibrium. And if you can't, there's probably an emotional aspect to it. And I've had so many clients that have lost weight when they have done work with me to actually lose that energetic thing that I've discovered that they're holding on to. When they lose that, then they lose that bit of weight. Okay. Um, next, like last few questions, guys, and then I'm going to go. I've been here for like an hour and a bit. Okay. Um, okay. How, what's the last one? How can I clarify what the relationship is between myself and a man while staying in my feminine? How can I clarify what the relationship is between myself and a man? What do you mean clarify? That doesn't really make sense. Oh, do you mean like, how can you figure out like, what is this relationship? Like, are we boyfriend and girlfriend? Is it going somewhere? Like, okay. If that's what you mean, just give me like a yes in the comments. If that's what you mean while saying you're feminine, I mean, again, you need to join the embodiment of dating and I might do the embodiment of dating VIP again, because that's been really helpful for the ladies to be able to ask these questions all the time and like their, their kind of situations. But okay. So in terms of, babe, the door's open, so don't show your face. Did you hear me? Okay. Um, um, so wait, hold on. So what can I, so the, the way that you would be clarifying what the relationship is, um, is that you can just simply ask him like what, but you have to ask it in the way of like, you need to know what you want. Right. So a lot of women, what they'll do is be like, they'll ask like, Oh, like, where's this going? And then he'll be like, Oh, like, let's just see where it goes. And you're like, okay. But you are actually like broken hearted inside. And then what happens is you then, um, what's the word you go against your own desire and your own boundaries and your own self-worth by dragging yourself along and being dragged along something with no clarity because you don't feel like you can say what you want to say because you're afraid of him rejecting you because you see that as rejection rather than if he was like, Oh, I don't want that. You would go fucking great. I don't want this either. Then it all kind of comes down to like a self-worth, self-boundary, self-discipline and understanding how to date men because dating men is different from dating women. Like if you want to talk to the guy that you're dating, like you're talking to a woman, good luck. It's not going to go anywhere. Okay. Um, so yeah, I think I'm going to open, I am going to open up the embodiment of dating again later in the year and I may open up the VIP option again. So just make sure you're on the wait list. So you don't miss out on that. Um, all right. So I'm going to leave that. Okay. I'll answer this quick last one just because you're a client or you're in Queen Alchemy. Um, the next round and then I'm going to go ladies. Okay. How did you keep things spicy when you and your boyfriend were long distance? Oh, we were never really long distance. We were each other's pockets from day dot and, um, like, cause of my job, like I would fly down to Atlanta. He'd fly up to New York. Like, I think the longest time we ever spent without each other before we like basically moved in together, um, was literally like three days. We were always together. So, um, and then when we weren't, it was like, we kind of needed a break and to catch up on work. So we didn't necessarily keep it spicy long distance, but what I've said to clients to keep it spicy long distance is like, stop waiting for, um, like stop waiting for him to create a moment where, um, you will then have like this three hour long sexting thread when you're both living lives. Instead, if you feel sexy for yourself, you're going to want to give him a piece of that. So it's like you send him a nude, right? You buy lingerie for yourself and send him some pictures and don't say anything, just fucking send them because you want to do that for yourself because it makes you feel sexy. That's kind of how you have to engage. I mean, I was in a long distance relationship before, um, just between Sydney and Melbourne in Australia. And it was kind of the same thing of like, you need to put the effort in for yourself. You need to make yourself feel sexy. So then you want to put the effort in with, um, with him. Otherwise, if you're not feeling sexy when you're not around him and you're at home because you guys are not together, you then don't feel sexy to then create some spice over the phone is what I'm trying to say. Okay. 
Guys, thank you. Oh my God, Britt, I'm going to like call you in a second. Um, thank you all for joining. I loved doing this. I recorded this as a podcast as well. So you guys can re-listen to it as a podcast um, when it goes out. I'll probably put it out in a few weeks time or something. Just a reminder that Queen Alchemy op- uh, opens, Queen Alchemy closes on Friday the 28th. So 20th, 29th. And the first two calls are going to be in Italy, which is so exciting. And then the last four calls, I think the third call will be in New York. And then the last four calls will be in somewhere very special that you guys will find out about tomorrow in my reel that goes on Instagram. So it's safe to say that this Queen Alchemy round will be a fucking vibe. Um, and like what better place to kick off Queen Alchemy than 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 in Italy? I cannot wait. If you guys have any questions about Queen Alchemy, about joining, about the payments, blah, 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 about self-sabotage, about how to stop self-sabotaging yourself, if you know that you want to join or you've already filled out the form but you haven't paid your invoice, my inbox is open whether you want to email me or send me a DM so that I can answer that for you guys. Um, But yeah, please don't self-sabotage. If you know you want to do Queen Alchemy, if you feel the ping, maybe I've already sent you your invoice and you haven't jumped on it. Like I'm not losing out. It's you self-sabotaging. Like I was saying, it's one of the other questions before. It's you self-sabotaging your future, right? For whatever reason. And it's from a trauma thing. So it's the funny thing is like the reason why you're doing Queen Alchemy is to fix your trauma, but your trauma is stopping you from doing Queen Alchemy. And I get why that happens. And it happens a lot. What you need to do to stop that happening is you need to not give yourself a heap of time to mull over it and think about it because you're going to let your fear, like literally your fear is going to override your intuition and talk you out of it. Instead, if you feel it, go on it and stop second guessing yourself because I doubt the second guessing yourself has gotten you very far in your life anyway. So If you have any questions or need any guidance, I'm here to answer it. Um, But I mean, this is the 10th round of Queen Alchemy, 18th round of doing this group program. And the testimonials are fucking amazing. And there's hundreds of them. So you really have very low risk joining. You really, really do. Anyway, have a lovely rest of your day, everybody. Um, Thank you for joining this live. And I will see you guys all in the next one. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.